Let's not waste any material. Ready? Go. Good morning. It's Wednesday. Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday. <laughs> I'm Naomi. I'm Liz. And we're the Run Galloway Girls. And you are here for a second podcast this week, our regular Wednesday. Yeah, episode 12, I guess. And we were starting to talk, and we're going to kick this off with Super Shoes. We're starting yeah. to talk about it, and I was like... Let's let's just start recording. Yeah, we got. Yeah, we did get a, a podcast a listener question about super shoes and what role do you think that, that they play in in PRs and in running fast. And then yesterday, I listened to Des and Kara's latest episode where they um, kind of delve into how they feel about super shoes, which was kind of fun. And my one of my favorite swap episodes is let's shit on some shoes. So <laughs> I'm all about that. Um, all right, so let's talk about running shoes. Um, like at the beginning, and we talked about this actually a little bit at the beginning, go to a specialty store, get fitted, try a bunch of shoes out. And the ones that feel good are the ones that you're going to like. Now, here's the thing. If they feel good in the store, you may find after a couple of runs, like they are not the right shoe for you. Most specialty running stores will take them back. Actually, Roadrunner will, REI will. Actually, I don't know if Potomac River, if our local one will. I'm not sure, but a lot of them do. Even some of the online yeah. retailers, they'll yeah. have like a 90-day, I think, running love warehouse. Them, love them, a, or return them. Yeah. Now, of course, don't trash them and then return them because that's unethical. But um, but definitely, and you're going to find that your shoe wear patterns are going to be different from other people's. A lot of people say that you can get two to 500 miles in a pair of shoes. I am lucky if I can get 200 miles because I run on the outsides of my feet. I'm like, just like my heart rate being rare, I'm like the rare foot striker. No joke, the teeny tiny pattern on the shoe rubber that like wears off on all the shoes. Like, right, you can still see it. On the in, on the big toe and the inside of my shoe, oh, like crazy. I I almost like don't pronate when I run. I do when I walk, like everybody does. But when I run, I just like land like all on the side. Yeah, you also like are a four foot strike, four uh, foot strike, yeah, toe, toe striker almost. Like yeah, I'm I'm not even like when I'm tired, I'm midfoot. <laughs> yeah, you're like up on your toes. So that and yeah, I used to think I could get long more out of my shoes. I would you know push them to like. Four or 500 miles. And then I had um, a bout of peroneal tendonitis. This was probably like 10 years ago almost. Yeah. This was like the beginning of my half marathoning training. And I found out like, oh, that no, shoes are dead quicker than you think. Yeah. So I've really brought that way down. And I'm, I'm getting, I get like 300 maybe. That's pretty good. So. That's pretty good. And rotating shoes. Um, that's the other thing. I think a lot of people, especially new runners, and they're, they're an expense. So people are like, well, I have this one pair and I'll get another pair. But sometimes you get so used to that one pair that as they wear out, then you get another pair and they're not quite the same. And like then you're in this like no man's land of oh, like true. a dead pair versus a pair you don't really love. Yeah. Well, and rotating, you don't have to rotate for like to let the foam rebound. That's a myth because the foam rebounds within like minutes. I know like we used to think, oh, let them sleep overnight. No, they say that's not really true. But I I agree with you about them. I'm sorry. No, I don't agree. I don't agree. (laughs) I like to not wear, although, you know, I wore the same shoes for both runs yesterday. And on my second run, my... Like, shin was hurting, and I I did think I should have worn a different pair of shoes. It was also a lot of mileage in one it day. It was. It was 11 <laughs> miles after doing 20 on Sunday. Yeah. So, But so, rot- if you're rotating different 
like style with a different drop or a different like sort of a different last that might be beneficial because yeah. but if you're rotating the same pair then the only reason I think would be to let them not yeah not have one wear all the way out yeah so I actually Naomi is much better than I am uh wearing different kinds of shoes I have been wearing the same shoes same model same model shoe with the exception because the fives were awful um, and I wore a different Saucony shoe, but I've been wearing the Canvara since it since it launched. I pre-ordered the Canvara, like <laughs> never seen it, never tried it on. I pre-ordered that shoe, and I, like that's been my exclusive shoe since. And it's a lightweight trainer. Um, at the time, it was actually relatively inexpensive. It's come up a little in price, although usually you can find it for under a hundred dollars, which is like. Kind of insane. It's usually like even, 70 when I see it on. I know. Like, it's kind what? of insane to think about that. So yeah. that's also where I don't mind that my shoes wear out in like 150 to 200 <laughs> miles because it's the same as a $150 pair of shoes like lasting like 400 miles Yeah. because I just get two in that time frame. Um. So I run in the Canvara. I have given the Escalante from Ultra a try. It's zero drop. I, zero drop is a little much for me. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, there was a time in like kind of the running boom where we, where everybody talked about the, um. Barefoot running. Barefoot running and everybody yeah. was starting to it run in Vibrams all the time. When Christopher McDougall's book, uh, Born to Run came out and that just, yeah. you know, propelled it to the, to the forefront. Everyone was obsessed with barefoot uh, right. running. And like. I started running in 2008, 2009, and so, like, that's kind of when that started. Yeah. So, like, you know, the Kimbara being a four-millimeter drop was, like, this big, like, stepping stone into zero. Yeah. Like, but for me, like, just being at four is, like, perfect. Right. Like, and and I almost wonder if people who have that propensity to think, or people in zero-drop shoes now... um. Like, because they read Board to Run, and they're dealing with, like, little aches and pains, maybe if they came up to four, like, they might find all the benefits with none of the negatives. Yeah, that's very And the Hulkas, you run they're, with five. They're five, five yeah. Five drop. Yeah. yeah, and I've been in, so I've been in Hulkas for a really long time, and I came to them when the Clayton was available, and then they discontinued that. So that's one of the reasons why I flipped around different before shoes. before the Hoka's? I, I know I, like, for a while I was wearing, like, random shoes I didn't know what I should be wearing. So I know I was in some Asics for a little while. I wore Asics. And then, um, yeah. I wore the Nimbus yep. and the, like, no, I didn't the, wear the Cumulus. The GT 2000 or 2100 the G, I had those, and I think I had Cumulus, and then, I don't know, just, then when I found the Clayton's, like that introduced me to Hoka. They discontinued that one. That one I was, I was, it was the only shoe I was running yeah. in. So that's one of the reasons I've hopped around is because they, you know, when they discontinue your shoe and you're trying to find something yeah. else. And so the Rincon is pretty much the same as the Clayton. So I'm so glad they brought the Rincon yeah. out, like what, three years ago or whenever. Yeah. And so I've been in primarily Rincon and then I've tried the mocks to have like just to try out other. Yeah, and you've liked the mocks. And I like the mocks. I know David and Megan shit all over the mocks, but... (laughs) They're Hoka-sponsored, so I think they're allowed to... They are Hoka Trail people and (laughs) But I think they're allowed to shit on shoes that they're sponsored by. (laughs) Oh, okay. Um, So it's it's okay. It's okay. So it's funny. So prior to the Canvara's launch, I ran in Mizuno's, the Mizuno Precision, and which was a lightweight trainer by Mizuno, like super flexible, 
Um, and Miz- I don't even see Mizuno out anymore. No. Like, that's like, I, so Mizuno had the wave plate, the, and yeah. then I ran in the wave rider. Yep, the wave rider. And no joke, I can only get 80 miles out of the oh, wave wow. rider. But at the time, 80 miles was like a month of volume, which is like the equivalent of what I get out of a Kimbara now. Yeah. So, but the Wave Rider was a little less flexible. So that's why it wore down so much for me. Like, um, with the way that I foot strike, if the shoe is built up, like if it's more cushioned, which seems really funny. It, yes, that more cushioning provides more protection, but as soon as I've run in it, one side has been compressed. Mm-hmm. And a friend of mine, I tried to give her my old shoes. She goes, oh my God, it feels like there's a shelf in these. They're like sideways or Yeah, oh, she was like, weird. it feels like there's a shelf in your oh, shoe. Oh, wow. It's like drop um, off. Yeah, and so I ran in those, and then Asics had something called the DS Trainer, which was a mild stability shoe, but when you run up on your toes, it doesn't even matter that there's right. like... It had stability posting, but it didn't actually correct anyone who really had an overpronation problem. I would say that it more just supported the arch of a high-arched runner. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if they make the DS trainer anymore. But again, like a really, it, it was almost like a flat, like a road racing shoe, like just a little um, bounce in it. Um, super flexible. You can bend my shoes right in half. Yeah. When I so when I tried the Kinvar at one point to you know because they're your shoe. Yeah. They um, were just way too flexible for me. I realized I need something a little more stiff. And it's, so like it's almost like running I, in Birkenkrocks. Yeah. It's like running. <laughs> well, we were talking the other day. I was like, they are too sloppy for me. And you're mm-hmm. like, yeah, they're like running in bedroom slippers. I'm like, yep, yeah, that's the that's, analogy. So it's yeah, like it comes back down to you know trying them out and feeling what feels right for you because your feet. And your friend's feet are not going to feel the same in the same shoe. But what's what's super funny, right? Uh, the way that I like these fold-in-half super squishy shoes. And that's pretty much all I've run in. And I came to the Escalante, actually, on Tina Muir's yeah. recommendation. Like, Tina and I were chatting, and she used to be a Saucony runner. And I was like, I was like, Tina, you got it, like, when she went over to... Um, Ultra, I was like, I was like, so tell me, like, what's like the Kimbara? And she's like, the Escalante, you should give it a try. Yeah. Like, she's like, I love the Kimbara too. So, yeah, I actually don't mind the Escalante. I really like, I, well, these are their older ones. The trail they totally changed, but yeah, their trail one. And now she's with Allbirds. But oh, that's exciting. She, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, she's not with um, Ultra anymore, but they've totally changed too in the last few years, like what their shoes are like. So, yeah. Um, so, oh, and then here's where I was going with that. So it's so funny that I like these fold in half shoes, yet all of my PRs, 10 mile, half marathon, marathon are in the Nike Vaporflies. Yeah. So that was a, a, not a fold over shoe at so, all. <laughs> yeah. So that's like the big thing right now. The big exciting thing about shoes is, is, is the super shoes. And carbon plates. Carbon plates. And, all, and I would say it's as much this foam as it is yes. this new foam. The rebound that's super foam. bouncy. Um, and every brand has it. I mean, it's, it's essentially like... When Nike added the waffle like shoe, like this is it, like revolutionizes. Kind of, yeah, this is like the next shoes. phase in that. But is it is it fair? Does it really give you a performance advantage? Now, here's the thing about these carbon plated super shoes, and those of us who are not running, you know, world record times, <laughs> six minute miles, even seven minute miles, the performance. Um, gains happen at faster speeds. Um, and so you may see a four to five percent 
Um, you may see four or five percent like improvement in your time wearing these shoes, but some of that or all of it could be mental. Some of it could be the lack of fatigue, like the carbon plate really does something magic at the end of yeah. the marathon because I've also run a slow marathon in them and your feet yeah, and legs feel good in the carbon shoes at the end even of a with, slow marathon. Right. Even with the five hour marathon, it, it bounces back your, it, you know, the technology basically it like puts less strain on your legs because yeah. so it makes you more efficient by yeah. pushing so it preserves, you. So you know. it preserves your running economy. Yes. Yeah. And then so it bounces back kind of this reverbs this energy. And so, yeah, so Des and Kara had mentioned like what the actual, the, there is a 4%. That's true. But that's in a like a 2.30 marathoner who is then dropping, you know, several minutes and becoming a 2.25, 2.26 marathoner. Right. Now, 4% for someone who's running four hours would be more minutes, but that's basically they're saying no, yeah, it slows down per. So it I might would only say be four it's minutes. Probably, still, yeah, I would say you're probably looking at maybe, and and I'm going to go off of kind of personal experience. And even though I have my high fatigue resistance, CIM, I was in shape. I think for I I'm going to stand by it. I was in shape for a 324. I was in shape for a 324 at CIM in 2019. Um, I maybe didn't have the full endurance for the marathon because of the way that my training was, but like I was flying miles wise. And, um, but the day was one of those days that started out bad and only got worse. It started out humid and cool ish and only got a little bit less humid as it got hotter. We finished at 81 degrees in full sun. The rest of the field was puking and bonking. Um, there weren't as many like massive time drops like there had been the year before. There were still fast times run, but there were more people who had bad days than good days. And there were people who had, who saved it. Like I had a good day, but it wasn't my capability. Mm -hmm. So I ran a 332 that day. It's possible that without the super shoes, I met, I might've been, Maybe more like three thirty-five, like yeah. right on so my PR, like three so minutes. Which again, at that two, level, yeah, it's two, not three four minutes. percent. Yeah, and that's what the difference is. If you're looking at for a four percent increase in <laughs> or decrease in time, like that's not going to happen just but based on the to shoes tell alone. You, when you put those shoes on, you feel like I'm here to do business. <laughs> like I'm ready. These shoes are are fast. I can't let my shoes down. Like, that's how you feel. Well, and that's such an important thing, just having the mental, you know, it's it's so much mental. And so it's like, you know, having that like little thought of like, okay, these shoes are going to make me go faster. Yeah. Then maybe that's the bonus or the perk that you need to make you feel like you've, you know, you can excel that day. Um, I'm I'll have to, you know, circle back when I finish. I'm reading Endure by Alex Hutchinson and so much, Alex Hutchinson, and so much, you know, based on how, um, you know, how much is mental versus how much is physical and like, what are the physical limits of, of performance? And then really how does, how does mental play into it? And so we have tried, um, I tried the Nike Vaporflies and I think I had, uh, I had the Vaporfly next percent. So they were the second iteration. We both had the very first iteration of the Carbon X. From Hoka. Um, from Hoka. And actually, that's a really fun kind of story. We ran Mountains to Beach 2019 in May. They launched May 15th 
of 2019. Yes. And we pre-ordered them. We pre-ordered them. At full price. And we both ran twice in them. We ran like a four-mile run in them. Yeah. I think. And and then wore them on race day. And then, and then raced in them for Mountains Beach. Yeah. And yeah. And I think for me, like if I had put in, I use like orthotic, like, you know, custom insoles. If I put those in, that would have helped because I ended up with some issues where, where I didn't need to, since I didn't have my insoles. But yeah, but they're still my, was, they're still my just, super shoe that I wear. calf cramping? Well, the calf cramping, but I busted some toes. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. Well, because you're not as used to sloppy shoes. <laughs> <laughs> right, they're a because little, they're, they're a little were, more flexible, but they're still not well, no, as flexible. They're, as, they're, they're, they're kind of wider like a, and the meta longer. rocker is yeah. is really huge in them. Like they're they're almost a shoe, and I don't know if the upper is the same, but they're almost a shoe that you don't have to go up a size in. Yeah, because more true to size. Well, just that like they have they don't have any stitching on the toes, so you're not gonna like. When you swell, when your feet get a little bit bigger, they're not going to hit up against anything. So there, it might be like where you wear, instead of one and a half sizes up, you only wear one size up from your street shoe. Mm-hmm. Um, I found that with Hoka. Like, I found, like, I wear 10s in Hoka's instead of wearing um Like in the Nike Vaporfly, it's like... Oh yeah, the, Ni- the Nike Vaporfly. I'm like, oh, what's the largest women's size you have? Sometimes <laughs> yeah. I actually I did. I bought smaller. an 11, um, or yeah, I bought an 11 in women's, or was it an 11 and a half or a 12? Because it was on sale. Yeah, the new pink ones. Because, but I actually same thing. I think because I'm so used to having the wide toe box. And kind of the sloppiness. I think I'm just gonna like buy the men's version in my size. Right, they'll be a little wider. Men's are wider, which is so funny because men don't really have wider feet than women. Right, that's another like, like misconception that yeah. fashion industry, like shoe industry, has like just shoe created, feet, which is but, so dumb. Yeah, the Vaporfly. Like I ordered them, and then I had to go up a size or more than I thought. I already had gone up a size. So yeah, I had to go up another half size. And then I just wasn't sure, so I ended up returning them. I still think I need to try a pair yeah. out on a race. They just feel so strange. Like, first of all, the, the lacing it's feels weird. so strange yeah. because it's, it's weird. off an angle. And then oh. the the stack height and the... It feels weird. You feel it feels like, like you're, you're like, walking on trampolines. And you feel like you're going to, like... I felt like I was going to, like, fall over. Like, so, a tip. <laughs> so I wore them for the very first time for, in the Army 10 Miler um, in 2019 in October, and I was planning to race my marathon in them, and so I was like, all right, let me give these a try, and they just felt so strange and weird, and my lower legs felt weird, and I'm running in them, and I'm like, I don't know how this is going to go. My first mile felt hard, and it was supposed to be kind of an easy mile. It felt hard, and I was like, I don't know about this, but I was like, my fitness is going to endure, and as I was running in them, they felt better and better and better. So I think that they are something that you do you kind of need to. to get used to. And you, but you really do kind of fly in them. They really give you that extra bounce, that that mm-hmm. rebound that you just don't, the Carbon X's just don't give you that. But I do feel like the Carbon X's give you like that power return in the sense that it's less fatigue. Yeah. They just don't give you that bounce. The rocker. The like the yeah. fact that you're rolling with the yeah. Carbon X's, you're like rolling forward in each step and it gives you, it just feels like you have this, it's like you're on wheels. Like it just kind of is propelling you a little yeah. bit further than you would gone. I like how the Carbon X's are a little they're almost like firm and soft at the same time if that makes sense um so i have the carbon x's and i just got the carbon the rocket the carbon rocket and um 
I got them for sale. I don't even think they make them anymore. I was like looking online. They do. Okay. They still do. Yeah. They're um, just the older. So I just model. got I just got those and I really like them. I've run in them twice. Um, and we're actually kind of implementing train doing a little bit of training in our super shoes. Yeah. To kind of um I don't know. Is it like take the mystique out of them? Is it like learn the benefits? Uh, is it just to like, I don't know. I don't know why we're training in our super shoes, but we've decided to do a little training in them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, part of it's just like, we, yeah, we decided we're not just saving race shoes for race day. Yeah. And we're going to just, yeah, it's not like we're going out and doing our easy runs with them necessarily, but we're, right. but we're going to just like use them and like, that's as what they're tool. for. That's as they're a for. tool. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Now, um... Saucony just launched a Endorphin Elite. Yeah, it's getting a so, lot of hype. Yeah, so they have the Endorphin Pro, Pro, the Endorphin Speed, the Speed, Where which is the Speed, a then carbon, the Pro is the yeah, next one up. But there's a there's a lower one too. Yeah. There's an Endorphin Trainer, then there's the Endorphin Pro or the Endorphin Speed, which has a nylon plate versus right. a carbon plate, which is kind of exciting. And then it's got the Endorphin. Pro and now the Endorphin Elite. And I tried all of the Endorphin shoes. They were a little too, they're eight millimeter drop. They were a little too much shoe for me, like because I like that, like almost Closer nothing to the bedroom slipper. Um, but they were comfortable. They were comfortable and they were, I've actually, I gave Naomi my first pair of pros because I only did like, like four runs in them, maybe a total of 13 miles. Um, I need to try them. I still yeah. haven't. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs> and so I gave them to her to give them a try. But I really think that um, I think that you should try the endorphin speeds. I've been thinking about that. The new ones, yeah, because those are the ones that like David's all hyped about that Megan started running in. And I don't know. I just think that you should give them a shot. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why I'm so Saucony sold. Like, yeah. I love Saucony. It's just, yeah. If Saucony wanted to sponsor me, I'd be okay with that. <laughs> well, it's like with Hoka. <laughs> like, that's why we ordered the carbons when they came out was because I've always been a big Hoka Listen, person. Listen, actually, if Hoka decided to sponsor me, I would oh. I would oh, kiss yeah. my Canvaros goodbye. If Saucony or Hoka, like, of course. <laughs> no. Here's what I would do. I would take my Canvaras and I would, like, make a vinyl Hoka and I would put Hoka on my Canvaras. <laughs> Canvaras. <laughs> Convert them all to Hoka's. I mean. I just love the Canvara. Yeah. I just want to like. They're just your shoe. Yeah. And it's so funny because you would think that I would then want to walk around in them all the time. But like I don't. The minute. Oh. And here's actually. Here's actually like one of the things I found when I like remember this very vividly. So I got the Canvara and I used to be someone who always brought different shoes for race for at the end of races. Because at the end of a race, I want to take my shoes off immediately. Right. And let your toes, like, spread out. And... I never wanted to take the Canvara off. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh, my feet feel great. Like, they felt... Th- and that's a good so sign. It's, yeah, it's <laughs> such a good sign. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. And that might be just, yeah, like, again, like, if you're... If a shoe feels like that for you, like, that's a sign that, okay, this is yeah. the right type of shoe. And maybe there was something wrong with... Again, when I was, yeah, wearing different Asics or different, like, ones that I didn't... Hadn't gotten fitted... And I felt the same way. I was like, I need to like, yeah, get them off my feet, let my toes yeah. spread out, whatever it was. Yeah. And and I think, you know, also when I first started running, I was wearing shoes that were too small. That too. I was and I think that, that really makes things. So there was lots of up. so the long story long in super shoes and should you use them, the answer is uh if you have the cash to spend, 
you should give some a try. Why not? If you don't have the cash to spend, don't stress about it because it's not going to make or break your day. While I know that it may seem like if, if the rest of the field is wearing them, then I'm going to be slower compared to the rest of the field. But at our at the amateur level, at the recreational level, it's not making that big. It's making a mental difference more than it is a physical difference. And so many shoes are catching up now are taking that technology Technology, and they're bringing it down like the carbon or like the nylon plates in some of the Sauconies. Um, There's an an Adidas with a carbon plate that's very reasonably priced. That's not like a super shoe, but it still has that carbon plate in it. Um, But it's not necessarily touted as like a fast drop time shoe. It's just, it's the Addy Zero Boston. Yep. No, not the Boston, but the um, Addy Zero um, Adios. Adios. The, the one that you had said, oh, should I get this one? This is the carbon. You were right. That was the carbon. Oh, okay. Adios. I thought the Boston um, had a plate in it now. I'll have the to trainer. Track. I think it does. The one that you and the Sarah have. The new one that I just got. Yep. I, and that one is one that feels super stiff. And so, like, I haven't been yeah. wearing it. Um, but, yeah, in any case. And the other thing I've heard from people, and, I, and we want to dispel, too, is that, like, if you are at the slower end and you're five, five and a half, six hour marathoner, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't get super shoes. Oh, yeah. Like, I know there's people out there who are like, oh, I'm not fast enough for super shoes. Even people who are running a four-hour marathon say, I'm not fast enough. I'm like, that's not... But here's the thing. If you want them, you are fast enough. If you're running, you're fast enough. If you're run-walk... Like, in fact, if you're like, hey, I want to try these because running on little trampolines sounds really fun... Like, if that's your whole motivation to get these super shoes, get them. It is really fun to run on little trampolines. Like, (laughs) it is. Um, I think that you get more benefits from the shoe the longer the distance um, and the faster you're running. So they are better for races. But there's, I mean, they're fantastic for a half marathon. They're fantastic for a, a long speed workout. I wouldn't wear, I wouldn't waste them on a long, slow distance run, but there, you know, go for it. You do you, boo. <laughs> it's yeah. not going to hurt your training to, to incorporate to try, these, to try it. these shoes, you know, and I'm looking online right now, the Hoka, Hoka Carpet X2s are $125. So that's no more expensive than any other pair of and shoes. And the threes are out, but I've heard, I've, I've been in the twos and I really like them and I've heard that the threes are not a good model. So if you... Go ahead and scoop up the twos while they're on clearance. Yeah. And don't get, don't just skip the threes. Yeah. So I wouldn't worry. The um, Saucony Endorphin Pro 3 is also, um, it looks like that one, is that the three? Oh, no. The Pro 2 is on sale at uh, Running Warehouse for $100. So you can try some of these super shoes at a discount and see what you really think about them. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I would. I don't think that you have to be fast. Yes, I think statistically you get better benefits the faster you are. But, I mean, yeah, whatever. Who cares? <laughs> um, and Naomi was me- mentioning before we started that, you know, doesn't care we're talking about uh, the super shoes and how it was unfair when they kind of first came out. It, well, because it really played into their, you know, their competition. They were personally racing at that time, and personally, they were not in super shoes. The first, I guess the first, I don't know if it was um, 
Boston, 20, I'll have to go back and look, but Des came in fourth and Kara asked her, were there any super shoes in front of you? And she said, there were two. There were two pairs of shoes. And it was kind of, they're both a little, I don't want to say bitter, but they're a little bitter about how super shoes came in and it was almost like, it was almost like doping with technology. Right. And it felt a little unfair. Um, And so there are still rules on stack heights. You know, there are, there are certain shoes that are illegal. Um, <laughs> and the, those all came about after 2019. They came about the rules after, right after um, Kipchoge broke his two in Break, the Breaking yeah. Two project. So, and also that was not a race; it was a time trial. Yeah. So there's there's still never been two hour marathon or two hour marathon broken in a race. In a, yeah, in it's a not legal. That's not a legal world record because they used drafting and it was on a track. Yeah. Um. Still and an then, amazing feat of human accomplishment. Oh my gosh, it's incredible. <laughs> and then. So we actually had a very similar thing happen in swimming with tech suits. So I'm sure you guys all remember the like Michael Phelps era, like rubberized tech suit. Those suits were trapping air and water or trapping air in a way and compressing in a way that made you just kind of like slide through the water. And world records were just being annihilated left and right with, the, with these tech suits with the Speedo uh, laser. And then other brands followed. There was a, um, I think it was a Blue 70. Anyway, these suits were just ridiculous. And so they all became banned, and they now have all these rules in swimming about, like, they can't go past your knee. They can't have any clasps or zippers. Men can't have any, like, it can't go on the torso. It has to be a jammer. And so they had all these rules, and they thought, oh, my gosh, well, that's it. Oh, and it has to be a woven material. And they are like, well, that's it, like, these records will never be touched. Well, you know, it took like a year and then people were breaking these records again. Without the super suits. Without the super suits. And we've actually, in age group swimming, there's still a, um, there's still such a benefit to having these tech suits, even though they're not as techy as they used to be, that they're now banned for competition under the age of 12. That's so crazy. you have to be 13, 14, or swimming the times where you're swimming in, like, open competition. So there is a thing, like, let's say you're 12 and you're as fast as, like, you're fast enough to go to juniors, which is, like, the first level meet. You're allowed to wear a tech suit. And juniors is really not designed for 11 and 12-year-olds to make it to. So right. Or, or so seniors there, even. You're... So if you get there, you're allowed to wear the... You're oh. allowed to compete in the suit. Um, yeah, but, it's... I mean, my friend Lauren actually was uh, at 13, was on, like, the national team. Oh, wow. Yeah, she went to Olympic trials, like, three times. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It, badass. That, well, they were talking... Like, Kara was talking about it, too, because she was asking, kind of, like, what do... Like, Colt, her son is a runner, and he wants yeah. the carbon. She's, I guess, other kids that are, like, 10, 11, 12 oh are racing in carbon shoes, and so... Her, and here I am yeah. picking out shoes for your daughter. Hey, these ones are pink. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, this stability they're, post won't bother her. They're she's 20 a bucks. child. She's, she's a child. And she's running super fast in them. She loves them. But yeah, it's... it's Actually, that's something to bring up. I actually, personal opinion, I don't... Uh, a, a stability post in a child's shoe, I have no problem with. Most children can accommodate for mm-hmm. their shoes. Most children's shoes are like little brick like bedroom slippers they're pretty wide they're pretty sloppy they're pretty firm they're they're not super squishy they don't but like they're kind of like just like these little platforms that kids run on and I feel like half half of kids shoes provide zero support and half provide a little maybe a little too much more than they need yeah 
my personal opinion for kids that kids is give that unless it's like a shoe like a go play go play brand something that is actually foot shaped and flexible um my opinion on it is to put them in the more than the less like because mm-hmm. I looked at the Nike free runs yeah um for, for kids for kids and I just know so many people who got injured wearing those free runs and I was one of them because sure they're super flexible but they're hard they're like they yeah, almost like stiff. force you to go into weird foot strike positions. Right. Whereas like something with a stability post, when you're walking, all it's going to do is support your arch. And when you're running with the way that they place them in children's shoes and the way children run, children watch them. They don't heel strike. No. Children toe strike. They just naturally do not. They naturally, they don't even midfoot. Children naturally are like up on their toes when they run because children don't jog. They either sprint Sprint or they, (laughs) or they're standing still. Yeah. And so that stability post, so that's my my thought on it. Usually they're modeled after kind of like the mid-range shoe anyway. Like they're modeled, like Saucony's would be modeled after like the GT2000 series. Um, the Asics would be modeled after like the Kayano or something like that. Like I wouldn't be super worried about a my, like a stability posting in a child's shoe. Well, and even that might be why I was in stability shoes for a while before I started using inserts. And maybe oh, the arch support, I that actually, was fine. Like, it I actually me. recommend, because shin splints are such a common problem in new runners. Start with a stability. I, just a mild, just like kind of in the mid-range. Yeah. So you're going to start with like a GT2000 right. series. Or the um, the Saucony Ride is the is the neutral version, mm-hmm. but most brand new runners could start in either the Ride or the Guide. Yeah, and either one of those, they they can start in them, and if they start in the Guide, they can then try the Ride next. If they start in the Ride and have any shin or arch issues, I put them right into the Guide. Clears right up. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. I was in those early on too. The Rides, I think. Yeah, they're super comfortable. The rides are stacked slightly on the, and it's not a stability post, but they are stacked slightly on the inside of the heel, which does provide some arch support for natural pronation. Hmm. When you are a supinator, though, yeah. they push you out. I'm, and I'm a supinator, too. Not they as bad you, as yours, they but yeah. They push you out, so... Um, so we have so, yeah. So we, so we shat on some shit. No, we didn't. We we love we love running shoe companies. We love all um, like the right shoes for you or the right shoes for you. Oh, and yeah. we definitely like fast shoes. You should try them. See what you think. I mean, they're pretty fun. It's yeah, pretty fun. So, um, do you want to talk about our workout yesterday that we shared? Sure. Yeah. So yesterday we decided, I think we, well, we mentioned on Monday, we were like, maybe, you know, on Monday's podcast, we're like, maybe we need to do a little bit of work because we've been doing a lot of easy. We do fall into that trap of like, eh, we'll just do easy. Like, oh, I don't, I have a niggle or this or that. I'm not going to do my workout. We're we're kind of like our midweek workouts, I should say. I fall into that. Like, and Naomi is like easily convinced. It's, it's, (laughs) and I'm like, you know, every time we're doing intervals, it's still like a little workout anyway. They're all, I mean, so we're always doing little workouts. All of our runs are with intervals. Yeah. So we had, we just, you know, we went out with 30-30s. I don't think we, I don't know if we had anything on our schedule. Nope. But I don't think so. On the fly. Yeah. I think I've got to put workouts on everybody's schedule. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Sorry. Been, uh, yeah. This is this is the coach that uh, forgets to put stuff on. Ah, thing just you just run, just run. You'll be fine. <laughs> like here's your training plan. Run. Yeah. Well, how much? You know, only enough that feels good. Yeah. I mean, thirty minutes an hour, whatever. Yeah. So we basically do your weekends. If you do your weekends, you're yeah, okay. That's the big ones. It's yeah. the, and so we don't skip our weekend workouts and our weekend long runs. Mm-hmm. But midweek, sometimes we'll just run for an hour or an hour and ten. Yeah. Easy, quote, easy, whatever that is. And so, or how we feel. Right. So on the fly, like, Liz was like, why don't we just try this? And so we were doing, we did our 30-30s. Yeah. Uh, out for about a mile, mile and a half. Yeah. And then here's what we changed. I was like, I'm, I said, I feel like these 30s that we're running are pushing a little bit. So why don't we shuffle two 30s, like, sh- like shuffle, walk, shuffle, walk, and then run a run through and do a minute at this comfortable kind of comfortable hard speed. And um, Aaron uh, texted and was like, okay, so what's this shuffle? Like, tell me about it. Why am I doing it? Like, and I said, well, it's. Um, when you shuffle, you are not slowing down. You're taking quick little steps. So your cadence is still really high. It's the same, or your cadence should be similar as that comfortable hard run speed. Your cadence should be there. Your steps are just smaller. And when your steps are smaller, you're taking all the stress and pressure off of all of those muscles and off of your joints. So it's, it is arguably easier. It's going to bring your heart rate down. It's going to feel like recovery, but you're actually still working on some running economy because you're working on that quick cadence. Um, and I can't snap. That's like the best I can do. There we go. That's the best I can do. Um, so that quick cadence. And so we did that and we went into that comfortable hard run speed, which ended up being 720. Like 720, yeah. So mile so yeah, miles one and two, we were 30 30s. Mile three, we started these like little, you know, it's sixty it was sixty seconds of yep. running at our, our comfortable hard, which was yep. like seven twenty pace. And then thirty and seconds walk, thirty seconds shuffle, thirty seconds walk. 30 seconds shuffle, shuffle, 30 walk, and then and back, then back into to another it. little 60. So it's, so it's 2.30 recovery, 2 minutes and 30 seconds of recovery with minute bursts. And the most important thing about the minute burst is that minute burst should not slow down as the minute goes on. Yeah. If anything, it should speed up. Um, because they're not a sprint, so you want to make sure that you're able to kind of, yeah, sustain or pick up. And we did. Like, we were, I'm looking at, you know, our data now, and it's like, we would start at 7, you know, we'd have a, it was the, like, low 7, 725, and then we picked up to 649 at the end of a 60 second. So that's that's really important because if you're start if we were running them the opposite way if we were starting at like six forty nine and going down to seven twenty five that actually would be too fast we pro like I wouldn't I'd be like you you shouldn't have any six in there you, I'd rather see seven forty down to seven twenty right because it is supposed to be comfortable it's not a sprint this is not anaerobic this is not. Because we're not trying to recruit fast twitch muscle fibers. We're trying to recruit our mid, mid muscle fibers and slow twitch to become better at 
running faster. It's running economy. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, heart rate wise, like we, I mean, we have both had a little bit of a higher heart rate yesterday. I don't know if it's because it's warm. Just starting. Starting um, out. And maybe like cumulative fatigue from. Yeah. And so we everything. were trying not to like look at it too much, but we were allowing that two and 30 recovery in between was to allow, oh, it was allow our heart rate, heart rate come back down. Yeah. It was bringing heart rate down. It felt so good actually that when we turned around, I considered saying, should we run just 60 30s for a mile but then I was like eh, I'm tired yeah still <laughs> so do that our two and 30. stayed in my head <laughs> we still do our two and 30 and you know let our heart rates come down I did get up to lactate threshold at like the one of the last you know one minute segments so it was it was some work but it was yeah. I was only in that zone for like you know a minute so it's not yeah. it's not a, well a total of yeah like a total of six minutes in threshold, apparently. Yeah. So that's... But that's all right. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. For eight reps, you have six of them in threshold. That's pretty good. That sounds like a baby, baby, baby threshold. Right? Yeah, it wasn't... Baby. And it wasn't max heart rate. It was yeah. just approaching my, like, lactate yeah. threshold. Which, it's always so funny because my heart rate's so high. I do, like, look and I'm like, oh my gosh, my heart rate's in 185. And I'm like, this is so, like... You know, it's so high. And then I'm like, but that's not, I I have to remind myself, especially with my new zones, like, that's actually not high for me. Yeah. Like, you feel good in the 195s. So stop thinking that you're going to die at 185. <laughs> right. Like, your zones aren't the same as other people's yeah. zones. Yeah. So, but um, it was a great little workout. Even if you're not, I mean, if you're listening to this and you're not a... Um, interval runner and you have like something that's you know you have easy miles even this is a workout that you could do on an easy day because of all the recovery as long as you you are truly listening to comfortable hard comfortable hard I would equate that with um half marathon half marathon pace yeah or maybe even like more like mile pace it's it's probably like that's where it's probably close to threshold because yeah. it's probably close to 10K, between 10K and... and oh, no, I was thinking even, like, faster. Faster than that. Yeah, like the, the one minutes. The one minutes would be, clo- like, somewhere between your mile yeah. and your your mile and your 5K. So something you could sustain, but, you know, for for yeah. not too long. So, um, so, yeah, so that's, like, kind of how to figure that out. And, and like, when you figure, like, if you're a run walker and you can run an... A 8.30 half marathon, I mean, sorry, an 8.30 5K, like 8.30, 8.20 maybe would be that comfortable hard pace yeah. for you. Um, I mean, I say that now, like right now I can only run an 8.20 5K, <laughs> but. Well, it's, uh, it tracks for me. Like if, if yeah. my 5K right now is a 7.30 or something and yeah. we're, yeah, 7.20, yeah. that tracks. I mean, I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. I was coming off no training when I ran those 5Ks because I ran one in December, which was like one month back and then mm-hmm. one in, one in January. Like a day after yeah. having COVID or I had, yeah, I had, I had yeah. just had COVID oh, too. Man. Yeah. That was crazy. I know it's so it's um it's gonna be so crazy. You know, I looked on my calendar and rock and roll half marathon in DC is the same weekend as yes. Jeff's race. So yes. I know we've been really plugging Jeff's race in Atlanta and we would love for you to come, but we know that flights are getting expensive now and maybe you're not uh, on tap to ch- come to Atlanta. But if you are, the code is Ambassador23. Yeah, um, and actually this week only there is um, 15% off. I'll have to go find oh. the code. But it's not it's not our Ambassador code. That'll still get you 10% off for, you know, until until race day. So And then we'll be hosting the virtual. Um, we'll be hosting the virtual 
on April 2nd here in Reston, but you could also do rock and roll half marathon in DC on March 18th. On March yeah. 18th, and you could run and record and submit that for Jeff's half marathon as well if you were like, I want that really giant metal. <laughs> yeah, and if you do the virtual, I think we mentioned the other day, I think it's only like 49 bucks. And so then if you use the code RUNWALK15, it's 15% off through March 2nd. That's, so that's pretty awesome. It would really bring down the price on the virtual or, oh, the, yeah. or the in-person. Yeah. For the, so, yeah, and if, if you can join us April 2nd, it'll be a really fun virtual it's gonna day. It's going to be super fun. We're, we're definitely excited. Um, hopefully people will join us and... You know, whether they're training for a longer distance or whether that's their celebration race uh, or their celebration distance for the season should be super fun. Um, You know, and yeah. So um, yesterday I went out for um, a run and I like for my second run of the day. So which now I'm kind of like, man, I really should just use my Peloton for doubles, at least for a little while. Because I looked, realized, like, I've run 30 miles in, like, three days now <laughs> after, like, being oh off for a week. Yeah. And I have this, like, shin pain. Oh, but no. it's not my bone. It's, like, the little muscle. Like, but yeah. it's high up. But it's pretty painful. But So That's I was running 30-30s. And I was, like, I picked a really flat route. It was really nice. Actually, we should run that we route. We should try it. Because it was, it was so nice. And so it was four miles. Super flat down in the glade, but I didn't go, like, around the lake. I went down the way we usually come back. So uh-huh. I went down that hill. Anyway, so it was a great little run. Um, and I was flying. I don't know if you looked at my paces, but I went out for 30-30. I saw you descended. I descended into, like, the nines. I haven't With done 30-30s. It. it was 950, awesome. 9.57 or something for my last mile, but I haven't done that in so long with 30-30s. That's was like, awesome. Whoa. Okay, it's, these legs are coming back. The speed is there. The speed is underneath. It's, it's coming, coming back. back. And it just felt so fluid. It felt like That's such great. a flow state. And I'm like, okay, this is this is good. It gave me confidence that we can do um, that we can do our 60-30. Awesome. Like because I was I was starting to doubt like that 60-30 two-hour goal. Yeah. Um you know, and so it's so funny to to like have those doubts where I don't think I've ever gone to a marathon and not been not been able sure to that do, you can do it, not yeah. been sure that you'll be able to like yeah. total confidence yeah. that you'll be able to do it. Well, because um, my first half was under two hours, <laughs> right? And you like, have <laughs> I've only run two halves on my own that weren't under two hours, and one of them was eighteen days post tonsillectomy, and one of them was in a hundred degree heat at Virginia Beach. That's crazy. And so like that's so it's just really funny to like be like, oh my gosh, can I even do it? Aww. So um so I biked yesterday on my indoor on the trainer um because I did wanna my foot was feeling like good after our run, but sitting around yesterday, every time I would stand up, my foot would hurt and I'd say, okay, it's not smart to run on it. So my doubles right now have been on the bike which has been great because I've only like literally I've only just started riding the bike for like yeah. the last two weeks, but it's, it's been, I, at the same time, I'm like half the time I'm like, this is great. This way I'm still getting the activity. And the other half of the time I'm like, my heart rate is so low on the bike. Am I getting a real workout? I just looked and like my average heart rate was 108 on the bike. Wow. And it did, when I came up, come up out of the seat, it goes up. So I got it to go up to 128, <laughs> but it's still like That's gray zone. Great, though. It's zone one out of a five zone model. All right. But, 
It's letting my, you know, it's definitely still, there's some, it's flushing the, the leg muscles. I'm still working the quads. So, um, so I think it's still good. You know, it's a good way to double to just, um, do some, keep some activity going if I can't run twice in a day. Yeah. I, yeah, I need to in- incorporate. Well, and now that it's March, there's new badges on Garmin. So like I'm going to incorporate, there's a 40 K biking badge oh, this okay. weekend. Oh, in one weekend. That's, but oh. that's only 20 something miles. Yeah. So we could, I, I know that you said that you don't think your daughter could do it, but I think that if we had enough stops, I think she could do it. It has to yeah. be 40 K in one activity. And I think that I think she could do it. I think we grab Lila <laughs> and we like take her on like a massive, just slow bike ride, <laughs> and we do like this ridiculously long bike ride, and we get this badge. We'll see. It's twenty five miles ish. Yeah, that's so, a lot. Yeah, but that's only twelve <laughs> that's out. That's only twelve and a half out and twelve and a half back. I know. It's a or lot. it's only six, <laughs> six, six, and six. Right. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we'll it would be great. Um, it's only to <laughs> I think green the most lizard. she's done is is six or eight. So in a yeah, go. Yeah, but it's only to green lizard to get a smoothie, and then oh, out yeah. a little bit more, and then back to green lizard, and then back the other way to bike there's lane? something good at yeah to bike lane and for get, a little like, pit stop ice cream or something, or and cooking. then or McDonald's even like whatever. <laughs> like um, anyway, oh my gosh, I actually thought at the end of our twenty. We were right by McDonald's. We should have stopped and gotten sodas and walked back with sodas. Yeah. We didn't even oh, think yeah. about it. We'll do so that we'll have time. to do that on the 23. Okay, so I actually have to mention, because we do have to wrap this up in a few minutes, but I think I mentioned the ERW Active Sleep supplement that I started taking. And oh my gosh, my HRV has been amazing. So the very first night I took it, my HRV went up to 45, which is like, I've never seen a number like that before in my life. And then the next night it was 41, and then it was 38, and last night it was 40. Nice. And so I went on the feed, and it's out of stock. And I looked on the back of the packets. And they expire this month oh, because no. I was like, I was like, maybe I just like hold on to them and only use them sometimes. And I'm like, so I messaged Stacy Sims because she created. <laughs> she, she, I guess, is part of e- the like, team that created them. Yeah, or something? so she was part of it. Um, she's part of that like company. And then I messaged the feed, and I'm like, I'm like, please, what do I do? I'm like, I've never had such good. Um, such good sleep, sleep scores, like and, like, and I feel good, and like this is like higher training volume than usual. So right, it's it usually going to disrupt your sleep right. instead of of giving you better sleep. So and, yeah, we have to figure out what's in them. It looks like there's some amino acids. There's it's oh, a lot of B vitamins, glutamine. Um, um it's got yeah, L glutamine, uh, ashwagandha, like tart cherry, and I've taken a lot of these things alone before. Um. Rhodiola roseola extract, that's something that I've never taken. But basically, I'm, like, obsessed with this stuff, huh. and I can't find it anywhere. Um, but it, it, I will tell you, it, I also feel better during the day. So it is improving my sleep. It's not just changing my HRV. But, like, I'm seriously, like, absolutely impressed with just the the difference that it's made. Yeah. So. You'll have to find, you'll have to find, if, if they're not going to make I the mean, same wine, you'll have to find something that's got those same like, ingredients. This I've never had. That's I'm, amazing. Usually my HRV graph looks really flat. 
And now I actually You're have, having like, spikes, spikes. Which is, right, and that's more important than necessarily, like, you know, it's the variability again. Like, so yeah. your number may sound low because it's lower than what, like, is, yeah. like, normal for athletes and whatever. It's and, low. It's, it's, like, lower it's low than for, what's normal for, for, for like, normal humans. They say the average human is in the 60s. Like, yeah. your age is in the 60s. And here I am, like, throwing Excited a party. Excited about 40. And, right, because yeah. it's 40. Like, athletes should be, like, everything I've read says athletes should be over 60. Yeah, and my baseline, so my baseline is 84 to 101. And, like, mm-hmm. last night was 87. Which so that's you know so I'm staying within my baseline for um, yeah. the last couple of weeks. I haven't actually the last couple of months. I haven't dropped below, which is good. That's amazing. That's really hard to do, especially in pain and stress. Yeah. And I saw something on Running Explained. So Running Explained yesterday about you kind of have a stress line, and your running training is part of it, and your it's just like stress pie. Stress but pie. It was, a, it was a stress bar graph instead <laughs> of a stress pie graph. <laughs> yeah, and so I mean, one thing I've been doing is like I take my AG One um, Athletic Greens. I take that every morning. We're not sponsored, but hey, AG One, if you want to sponsor us, that'd be awesome. Uh, athletic Greens and is amazing. Yeah. I like I like to take it in the morning, but sometimes I take it in the afternoon for pick me up. And then yeah, I heard it, David say he takes two servings a day. Whoa! And then I read okay. that during times of extreme stress, you can take a second oh, serving, and people do notice an, a benefit. So while it's very expensive. I may on like long run days. Yeah, take if it I do that. it in the morning, I may do a second one in the in the afternoon, or like just just to kind of like boost. Yeah, or if I can't find this amazing like sleep. yeah, try that for sleep. Or and <sighs> I take branch chain amino amino acids. I, I use the Thorn brand. I take those in the morning too. And so yeah, I feel like I take uh, both perfect those are amino helping. right now. Oh yeah, um, because that's the one that we were taking before that Tina Muir had recommended. Yes. Um, and I saw really great results with that. Granted, you know, I have kind of a, I have kind of a love-hate relationship with Perfect Amino because their marketing and how I would, and really more mentally how I was using them before, they're Perfect Amino Acid to create proteins, yet they're calorie-free. And I saw one of their marketing things that said, uh, build muscle without calories. Oh. And I was like, yeah, no, you have to eat. And so, yeah. and they do say like, don't eat 20 minutes, but be- <coughs> like before you like wait 20 minutes after you take it to eat or wait three hours after you've eaten to take them. And Penny is ready to go out. So we're going to have to wrap this <laughs> up. But, um, yeah, so I have kind of a mixed, a mixed feeling about using um, amino acids. Well, if that's their if their marketing is you know telling yeah. telling you that it's like a food replacement, that's a, that's a problem. And actually, we'll have to we'll have to circle back to this topic for sure because this week is National Eating Disorders Week. So that'll probably be like a downer episode, but we definitely need to circle back yeah. to you know disorder eating. Be a, another bonus episode this week. That's uh, a good where idea. We can just talk about eating disorders and talk about. You know, disordered eating. Disordered eating. You don't have to have a full blown eating disorder to yeah to to, be to be to have have disordered disordered eating. eating. You also don't have to be clinically diagnosed with an eating disorder to have an eating disorder or to self identify with having an eating disorder. Well, that's enough dog dog barking for this episode. <laughs> I think she's cutting us off. <laughs> yeah. Please make sure that you um, like, subscribe, rate, comment um, if you like us. If you're if listening, you, you can share us, like in, your, us in, our, in your stories. Stop and... listening. I don't know yeah. what you got so far. <laughs> yeah. um, right. 
Uh, yeah, so if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything. I'm just kidding. No. Um, but, uh, yeah, please share us in our stories. Please comment. We we really would love to... Stop, Penny. We really would love, um, you know, other people to find the podcast if you, if you enjoy it. And then if you'd like to uh, help... Uh, support the podcast. You can shop at beautycounter.com slash run Galloway girls. Um, if you want product recommendations, go ahead and reach out to us. We'd be happy to help with that. Yeah. And if you're watching, you now see a dog on screen. <laughs> um, and we will see you maybe next, uh, maybe later this week. <laughs> All right. All right. Bye. Bye.